0: Welcome to the Professional Writer Podcast. I'm your host, Laura Christensen, and I'm here to help you confidently plan, launch, and grow your writing-related business. You'll find the show notes, a transcript of this episode, and a link to join our private Facebook community at bloggingbistro.com. But this is the second in a four-part series on practical tips for effective social media marketing. Last week in part one, which was titled The Secret to Doing Social Media, we began creating a master plan for managing our social media time. Our focus was on becoming aware of how we use our time so that we can stop doing the things that don't contribute to our business growth. We set a goal for how much time per day we will spend on social media, and where in our day will do the bulk of our social media marketing After listening to episode 39, several listeners commented, all those things that you said in the episode about not having or not making time to do social media are true of me. And they also commented that my massive action steps in episode 39 are challenging. And yes, that is true. Because unlearning bad habits and forming new habits that enable us to do social media productively and professional is not easy to accomplish. But putting these habits in place is foundational to presenting yourself as a professional writer. The good news is that you can apply what you're learning in these four episodes, not only to social media marketing, but to all the ways that you market your writing-related business. Before you dive into Part 2 and this week's Massive Action Steps, I want you to go back and listen to or read Episode 39, Each of the episodes in this four-part series build on the previous one, so it's important that you do the action steps in order. Another episode that I highly recommend listening to is episode number 12, which is titled Setting Big, Hairy, Audacious Goals. In episode 12, I introduce you to a marketing mindset that will help you to create a long-term plan that will consistently move your business forward. And you'll find a link to episode number 12 in the show notes over at bloggingbistro.com. Today, in part two, we'll discuss how to create winning social media content. As I mentioned a minute ago, this episode does include a transcript, which you will want to refer to because we are going to cover a lot of ground today. Next week, in part three, we'll talk about tools for scheduling our content. And in part four, we'll discuss engaging with our audience and how to monitor and adjust our master plan. Let's talk content. I'm not talking about random dog or cat videos here. I'm talking about content that we use to help us build our writing-related business. Here's how I view social media content. I consider every single thing I post on social media to be part of my writing portfolio. That includes the content that I post to my personal profiles and my business accounts. People are watching how you present yourself professionally and personally on social media much more closely than you might imagine. A lot of writers assume that what they post to their personal accounts doesn't matter, so they ignore the rules of spelling, punctuation, and capitalization. As a result, their posts look as if a 10-year-old wrote them, and they're unwittingly losing credibility with their real-life friends as well as with editors agents, prospective book buyers, and grammar Nazis like me who get irritated when post after post is riddled with errors. Now, I realize that many social media posts are spur of the moment and that we can't expect the spelling and punctuation to be perfect, particularly when we're typing on a touchscreen phone. I, for one, have major fumble fingers when it comes to trying to post something on social media via my phone. But here's what we can do, friend we can take an extra minute to proofread our posts and the comments that we leave on other people's posts and clean them up a little bit before we hit publish. Many social media platforms like Facebook have an editing function where you can edit your post or you can edit a comment after you publish it. So take advantage of this feature. Consider everything you post to social media as part of your writing portfolio. If you were to compile all the social media content you've ever published and put it into a portfolio that you would show to a literary agent as a sample of your writing, would you be proud to show them what you've published? Before I acquaint you with today's content creation strategy, I want to back up a few steps to make sure you have some critical foundational pieces in place. First, who is your ideal target audience? This doesn't need to be one specific person, but rather a community of people, readers, clients, customers, who are the best fit for the products, services, and programs that you offer. This is an area where many writers get it wrong, particularly when using social media. They assume that their audience is other writers, and so they amass thousands of Facebook friends, many of whom are other writers. If you're a book author, you want to find the audience who's the best fit for the type of book that you write, not necessarily other writers. If you suspect that you have some work to do in defining or perhaps redefining your ideal audience, be sure to sign up for my on-demand audio training called Find Your Ideal Target Audience. This is a 48-minute audio training where I guide you through a series of questions that are going to help you discover and get to know your reader. And the training also includes a printable workbook. After you've clearly defined the community of people you want to serve, Focus on meeting their needs as it relates to the core products, services, and programs that you offer. For a refresher on why it's important to focus on helping your ideal audience overcome a challenge or working through a pain point, go back and listen to episode number 14, which is titled Everyone's Favorite Radio Station. Are you tuned in? This is a five and a half minute episode that I think you're really going to enjoy. I just mentioned meeting your audience's needs as it relates to the core product services and programs that you offer. And depending on how you structure your writing-related business, you're likely to have one or more revenue streams, areas in which you want to generate revenue, aka money, income. So for example, selling your books might be one revenue stream. Public speaking, which has lately migrated mainly to online speaking venues, might be another revenue stream. Coaching and consulting is a third income stream that many writers have. And editing is another popular income stream for writers. My writing-related business has four core revenue streams. The first one is coaching and consulting. So my focus here is on helping people with their brand messaging, with their web-based writing, and with email marketing. My second core area is custom WordPress website design and development. And here I share revenue with my team, which includes a graphic designer and a programmer. My third core revenue stream is ghostwriting. I have several clients that I do month-to-month content writing and management of their blogs and their social media accounts. My fourth core service area is speaking, teaching, and training. And that includes the online workshops and courses that I offer, as well as teaching at in-person writers' conferences and online events. So here's an action step I'd like you to take right now. Grab something to write with pause the podcast and quickly jot down the core area or areas in which you want to make money or in which you're already making money. If you're currently not earning an income from your writing, write down the areas in which you would like to earn money. Maybe you're not concerned about earning money. You may be volunteering your time for an organization or a ministry or you're just writing for the sheer joy of it, but you still want to present yourself professionally. You still want to develop influence among your readers and your followers. If that's the case, write down the core area or areas in which you would like to develop influence and become recognized as an expert or specialist or go-to person in your niche. Don't overthink this. Go with your gut. What are you most passionate about doing? Something that you can easily envision yourself doing for the next three years and not getting tired of it or burned out. These core areas should also mesh with the needs of your ideal audience. In other words, if you've identified your ideal audience as, say, a reader of Amish fiction, and your novel is Paranormal Romance you're going to have a major disconnect between your audience, their desires, and what you offer. In my case, my ideal audience describes themselves as a tech-challenged writer who wants a little bit of hand-holding as they learn to master the intricacies of blogging and email marketing. And my coaching services are an excellent fit for that need. As you plan the content that is going to go in your social media posts, your blog posts, your podcast episodes, the emails that you send to your subscribers, your speaking presentation, your books, and so on and so on, think about how the content you create will feed into your core revenue streams. You never want to randomly post any old thing. That's like throwing spaghetti at the wall and hoping it'll stick. What you're doing here is you're being strategic You're being deliberate about the content that you create and post so that every iota relates directly or indirectly to one of your core areas and directs your audience toward your revenue generating content. I did that earlier in this episode. In fact, I started this episode by identifying the importance of knowing your ideal target audience. And then I included a call to action. I invited you to sign up for my low-cost audio training that's going to help you get to know your ideal target audience. That call to action that I used fits directly into one of my core areas. That is my area of speaking teaching, and training. And it fits indirectly into my core area of coaching and consulting. Now, the reason why I say indirectly is because often people who go through this very inexpensive on-demand audio training decide that they would like one-on-one coaching with me. And coaching is one of my premium higher-priced services. To recap, the goal of the content you create is to feed into the core revenue-generating areas in which you serve your ideal audience. I gently route my audience into my core revenue streams by organizing my content into six content buckets. You may have heard about content buckets before. It's a common strategy used in the marketing industry for all types of businesses. And I've been teaching this strategy for several years. I use the term content buckets because it helps me to visualize the types of content that I want to create. I visualize six buckets. So I think of those little beach sand pails for kids that come with a little plastic shovel. And here are my six buckets or my six content categories. Number one, introduce. Number two, inform. Number three, interact. Number four, inspire. Number five, entertain. And number six, influence. And you can have as many or as few content buckets as you want, and you can name them whatever you want. The six that I use, I think, cover the gamut of the types of content that you'll likely create. So we're going to walk through each one of those today. As you listen to this next section of the episode, I recommend that you have a bunch of sticky notes by your side. Even better if you have six different colors of sticky notes. So pause the audio, get out those sticky notes right now. Or you can use a notebook or a scribble pad or a Word document, whatever works best for you for brainstorming. We're going to be doing brainstorming here for the next few minutes. As we go through each of the six content buckets, pause the audio frequently and jot down ideas that come to mind about specific content that you could create for each bucket. We're brainstorming here, so don't worry about how weird or wacky your ideas are. Just get them out of your head. Content bucket number one is called Introduce. The key question to ask yourself here is, what does my ideal audience need to know about me in order to feel as if they know me, like me, and trust me? We're most interested in buying from people, not from brands. So let your audience get to know the person behind the brand. Let them get to know you. I'm a really private person and my rule of thumb for sharing personal stuff online is what do I feel comfortable having the whole world know about me? When you post anything online, you can never, ever assume that it's private. Even if your Instagram account is private or you share something in a secret Facebook group or you share something only with your Facebook friends, you absolutely must assume that Everything you post online can possibly be viewed by anybody in the world. Content that introduces you may include content about your personal life. A little word of caution here. Be extra careful about sharing pictures of minors, such as your kids or your grandkids. There are so many predators online, and you don't want to unintentionally set any child up as a potential target for a predator. Random thoughts. Try to achieve a little bit of a balance here. Remember, your goal is to grow your business. So, yeah, it's fine to give people a glimpse into your sense of humor or your witty thought processes, but don't go overboard with off brand posts. Deep thoughts. In episode number 37, I talked about how thoughtless political posts can destroy your credibility, and I'll put a link to that in the show notes. In the months leading up to the 2020 presidential election in the United States, and then in the weeks following the election, I watched countless people unwittingly destroy their professional credibility and lose hundreds of friends and followers because of name-calling, insult, shaming, and otherwise creating a divisive negative atmosphere on their own social media accounts. Selfies. Use these judiciously. I am friends with a couple of people on Facebook who constantly post selfies. Now, if you own a hair salon and you're showing customers 365 ways to style your hair, that makes sense. If you sell vintage shoes on Etsy and you post selfies of your feet wearing a different pair of vintage shoes each day, that makes sense. If you're a celebrity and your millions of fans want to know what you're doing every minute of your life, that makes sense. But if you're a celebrity only in your own mind, those posed shots of you standing in front of the bathroom mirror get really old really fast. Your audience is going to wonder why you seem so in love with yourself. Another type of introductory content you can share is what you do all day. Uh, videos, pictures, text. People really like seeing pictures of your workspace or of a new recipe that you're experimenting with or the people that you work with. It change things up by posting a variety of videos, both live and pre-recorded videos, pictures, text. And then finally, content of you out and about. Events you attend, fun stuff that you do. So that's content bucket number one introduce. And again, the key question that you're asking yourself is, what does my audience need to know about me to help them grow to know me, like me, and trust me? Because people are going to buy from you only after they feel as if they know you, like you, and trust you. Content bucket number two is inform. The key question to ask yourself for bucket number two is, what does my ideal audience need to learn about my core areas? Here's where the 80-20 rule comes into play. The 80-20 rule specifies that 80% of the content you post should be educational content where you help your audience to solve a problem or meet a challenge. The other 20% of your content can be direct sales. Now we're going to pause here for this week's Word Nerd moment. This 80-20 rule, this principle of content creation, directly mirrors the Pareto principle, which was named after an Italian economist, Alfredo Pareto. In 1906, Pareto noticed that 80% of the land in Italy was owned by only 20% of the population. When describing the type of content that you create for social media, the Pareto principle rule of thumb is that The majority of your results or outcomes or consequences will come from the minority of your activities. 80% of the content that you publish to social media will likely be educational content related to your niche and 20% will be sales content. In my own personal social media marketing, I shoot for 90% educational content and 10% direct sales. The Pareto principle is fairly flexible. It can be 80-20, 90-10, 70-30, whatever you choose. But try to keep a balance between direct sales and the other types of content that you post. Your informational content might include things like instructional posts or how-to posts where you share your knowledge and your expertise. It can include your favorite tips or your favorite tools for accomplishing a specific task or meeting a specific goal. It could include video and audio and text-based tutorials. Infographics is another popular type of informational content. And then, of course, you're going to want to link to your blog posts, to your podcast episodes, to your video blogs, to your guest posts on other people's sites, to specific pages on your own website. You'll also want to link to or share someone else's article that relates directly to one of your core services. So that's content bucket number two, inform. What does my ideal audience need to learn about my core services? Content bucket number three is interact. And the key question to ask yourself here is, what does my ideal audience need to do within each of my core areas. So in content bucket number two, we were talking about what your audience needs to learn. In bucket number three, interact, we're talking about what do they need to do within each of your core areas. This is where you add an extra layer to the other five content buckets by seeking to engage and interact with your followers, with your friends, based on the informational and inspirational content that you're currently posting. Some types of interactive content you can post include questions. Posts that ask questions get higher engagement than statement-type posts. Challenges. You can share a challenge that you're facing as you build your business, or you can challenge your readers to take an action based on something that you've taught them. Polls and surveys. If you use these, keep them short and simple so that your audience can instantly respond without having to think too much. The more you make people think, the more it slows them down, and the less likely they are to answer your poll or your survey. Quizzes. This is a fun way to help your audience determine where they stand as it relates to your course services. They're a really great opportunity for you to offer your products, your programs, your services, because people who take your quiz are already interested in what you have to offer, and their responses to the quiz are going to help you kind of dive into their minds and identify their key pain points. Facebook Live, Facebook Groups, Instagram Stories, Instagram Reels, these are all popular ways for you to interact with your audience. So that's content bucket number three, interact. And ask yourself, what does my ideal audience need to do within each of my core areas? Content bucket number four is inspire, inspire. And the question to ask yourself for this content bucket is, how do I want my ideal audience to feel when they encounter content in my core areas? People buy with their emotions. Just watch five TV commercials or radio spots or print or online advertisements, and you'll notice that the underlying sales pitch always, always plays on the emotions. Why? Well, Because we want to be right. We want to feel as if our choices are being validated. We want expert advice, particularly when we're feeling overwhelmed with too many choices. We want to feel as if we're special and unique, as if the person that we're following is putting our needs first. We want to prove ourselves. We want to stand out. We want to be viewed not only as capable, but as exceptional. When you're creating inspirational content, don't try to manipulate the feelings of your audience only so that you can sell them something. Rather, focus on helping them to achieve the transformation that they long for. And you can do this through many types of posts. You can post inspirational or motivational graphics, videos, quotes, images. You can post success stories, which would be examples of how you have helped other people to achieve a transformation. Client testimonials are a really powerful form of inspirational content. And then another type of inspirational content would be of you just walking your readers through some difficult situations that you have worked through. That helps them to see that you're a real person and that you're not perfect and that you have struggles as well. Content bucket number five is entertain. Sometimes we need a break from all the serious stuff that we're confronted with each day. We just want to laugh. The entertain content bucket is really closely related to the inspire content bucket because we're eliciting emotions. But in this case, your goal is to make your audience laugh or go, ah. The most authentic type of entertaining content, in my opinion, is random stuff that happens during our day. So stay alert to what's going on in your surroundings and post some pithy reflections or snapshots about it. When posting in the entertain bucket, you can veer slightly off-topic. In other words, your posts don't need to relate directly to your core service areas. But be careful not to veer too far off-topic because that will create confusion among your audience about what your brand represents. A lot of people post what I call mindless memes. And a meme is a picture with text superimposed on top of it. These memes are intended to be funny, and yeah, many of them are. But some people who post these mindless memes, they go, oh, I'm getting a lot of likes and shares when I post memes, so I'm going to post only memes. And then their newsfeed is like littered with meme after meme after meme. Remember the 80-20 rule. Change up your content regularly. Content bucket number six is influence. This is promotional content that motivates your audience to buy. And it might include things like pictures and samples of what you're selling. It could include giveaways or free downloads that include an upsell for one of your premium products, services, or programs. It could include coupon codes and discounts. Or you could be directly selling one of your services, products, or programs. Again, be careful not to overpitch, but to follow the 80-20 rule. No more than 20% of your content, that's two out of every 10 posts, should directly sell something. I'm a big fan of snackable content. And that's because the average social media user's attention span is 2.8 seconds. Yeah, 2.8 seconds. So focus on creating bite-sized, easily digestible content that stops the scroll and offers instant gratification. Think of each social media post as a mini brand impression. Over time, all of your posts add up to create a big picture of your brand. Experiment with a variety of mediums. Use video as often as possible. Visuals, audio, text. Mix it up. Create your own original content and also curate other people's content and share that. Now, Here's your massive action step for today. Decide which content buckets make the most sense for you to create content for. And that needs to be based on the core products, services, and programs that you are creating that are going to bring about a positive transformation in the life of your ideal target audience. Get a bunch of sticky notes in different colors and put a sticky note that represents each of your content buckets on a large piece of paper or on a bulletin board or on a whiteboard. On individual sticky notes, brainstorm topics and ideas for content that are going to go into each one of your content buckets, and then put those topics and ideas underneath the appropriate content bucket. Now here, understand that most of the content you create can go into more than one content bucket, so don't get hung up on which bucket to put it in. Just choose one and put it in there. Then get a large monthly calendar from an office supply store or you can print one at printacalendar.com and I'll put a link to that in the show notes. Decide which content buckets you will feature on certain days of the week and begin plugging your sticky notes onto specific days of your calendar. This is going to ensure that you're changing up your content weekly and that you're posting on a regular basis. Remember, every piece of content you post on social media is part of your writing portfolio. Next week, in part three of this series, we'll talk about how to efficiently publish your social media content. If you're more of a visual learner, each episode in this series includes a written transcript, which you'll find in the show notes at bloggingbistro.com. Also in the show notes, there's a link you can click to subscribe to the podcast and I'll email you a notification of every episode. You can also listen via your favorite podcast listening app, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, just open the app and key in the professional writer. The show will pop up and you can save it to your favorite so you don't miss an episode. And if you're enjoying the show, please share it with a friend. Thanks so much for listening today. Talk with you again next week.